to episode seven of The Table. And you may be noticing right away that uh, the best looking face uh, is missing. Um, so you can, yeah, Nick, you should be here. But uh, we decided to go ahead with a smaller cast today. And so I'm here with my, uh, our friend Mark, who had a really interesting question that we wanted to explore today. So, uh, Mark, why don't you tell people what's on your mind? Yeah, yeah. Something I've been thinking a lot about lately is kind of the way, the biblical way to go about confronting a Christian friend that you might have who's in the wrong, whether it be a continuous kind of sin that they're in, and just kind of ways to bring that up um, in a biblical way. Okay, and I'm sure nobody's ever had any kind of conflict with anybody in their life, so um, <laughs> this will be exclusively for Mark. Uh, hopefully, he can learn something. Uh, the rest of you can just enjoy watching him sweat. But um, actually, the the question's great because the principles that hold to that conversation with a um, a Christian friend hold to pretty much every single conversation. Um, the principles, that is, um, hold to any conversation that we might have. And so I think it's a really great uh, conversation to explore today. Um, is there anything that comes to mind as you look back on situations where you've had uh, conflicts? Have anything come to mind where your best efforts went horribly wrong? Yeah, I think and don't name names. We don't, we, we, you know, we don't do names on this program. So, um, but yeah, if you could describe a situation, that'd be great. Yeah, especially I think the thing at least that comes to mind to me, and I'm sure it's the same for most people, is that kind of you have a friend who might struggle with a certain character flaw, who might be in this especially a continuous kind of sin that they're in or a way that they act that you know doesn't represent the gospel message well mm -hmm. or doesn't represent Christ well and you kind of try to confront them about it but because it's so almost deep within their character or maybe even especially I find for a lot of kind of kids my age men my age that they have it's almost like a defense mechanism for them to kind of deflect yeah. a personal flaw that's going on so that's kind of what comes mm -hmm. up to mind to me um, yeah yeah Okay, anything that you have ever tried uh, to fix that specifically that you can think of? Uh, one, one thing that comes to mind, I, I think... Or that someone's done to you. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Maybe... That's an interesting angle. I can't remember anything particularly from me, but I, I, I kind of... One instance comes to mind where I had a friend who would kind of handle a lot of kind of almost, I want to say like threats in his life, or if he felt like people were challenging his ego, he'd make jokes and he would mm. demean the other person a lot. And that's kind of the way he dealt with his own insecurity for a uh -huh. lot of years. And so kind of trying to talk with him about that was always difficult for me because I would try to approach him and say like, hey, I think you're, you know, you're channeling your insecurities by making these jokes when I really think there's something deeper going on and I want you to be vulnerable. And mm -hmm. he kind of would just kind of shut me out. And so mm -hmm. I'd want to close that gap with him emotionally, but it wouldn't really happen. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, and, and that is a great example because oftentimes um, our best intentions um, go south very quickly because um, what, we're, what we want to say is not received in the spirit that we at least intend it, right? Mm -hmm. And um, there's a... In, uh, 
H.K. Uh, Smith's book on communication, he has uh, one of the, I think it's the first law. Uh, communication isn't only what is said, but also what is heard. And so if I think I'm saying, hey, let me, you know, here's a place where you could grow, but what the person hears is, hey, you're a jerk, and right? Yeah. That's, that's kind of death of the conversation right there. Um, the other, but another principle that can be really helpful, I think, that to kind of, well, there's a couple of principles that can undergird those kinds of conversations um, and inform our starting point. Um, first is uh, in Sermon on the Mount, Jesus uh, says it's a very famous uh, saying, um, do to others what you want others to do to you or do, do unto others in the way that you want them to do it to you. And so that's kind of a, a good check for us. If I'm wanting to talk to somebody, um, I can ask myself, okay, if somebody came to me and started the conversation this way, how would I respond? Mm-hmm. Um, I find that helps me a lot. Because <laughs> I'm kind of like, eh, you know, I probably would not be very happy to have this conversation yeah. if, if that was a starting place. Um, you know, why do you always, uh, that kind of thing. Um, back in, when Barbara and I are doing premarital counseling, kind of our number one rule is never say never and always to somebody. You know, you always leave your clothes on the floor. You never uh, wash the dishes or whatever it is. Like you, you throw always and never uh, when you're talking to somebody that you want to help. Um, that's pretty much game over right there. Um, because their mind's immediately going to go to exceptions. Well, what do you mean? I washed the dishes five years ago, and you know, you never said thank you. Um, so, you know, when you when you think about that, when you think about okay, if, what I'm saying is, is it going to be heard the way I want it to be heard? That's a good question to ask. Your, a good check. Um, if somebody said it to me, would I, this way, would that be good news to me or would that be uh, irritating? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, those are a couple of things, a couple of principles. The third, third principle that I think is really helpful is to remember um, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, um, Paul's talking to, the, to this very combative group of people and he says, you know, we are, we've, we've been, we, we've become followers of Jesus that we might be ministers of reconciliation. And that's, that's a really powerful um, descriptor. If, if you start with the question, is what I'm about to say to this person going to be conciliatory, reconciling, or is it, is it going to be, uh, is it going to add fuel to the fire? Mm-hmm. Um, am I asking this to pursue reconciliation or because I want to justify myself, um, shame them, um, you know, call them to account? Um, those are very, you know, those are very different starting points in a conversation. If 
I think you're wrong and you just need to be fixed. You know, my attitude is, is going to be more um, aggressive and accusatory. That's not going to get a good conversation started. Uh, well, let's, let's think about it. I mean, if I come to you and I say, uh, you know, Mark, every time we get together, uh, it seems like you are always finding excuses for yourself when, when people try to correct you. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of comes off a certain way. Right? Yeah. Uh, what, what, what does it sound like? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like you mentioned. It's kind of like using the always language instead of being more specific or instead of kind of leaving it open to interpretation. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, one thing you kind of hearing you talk brings up, at least for me, is that um, I think about Jesus and the way that he sometimes would interact with the Pharisees around him. And I, at least I've found that sometimes his language was often very to the point and very blunt. It seemed at times. Mm -hmm. I think there's an instance in John where he drops the famous "I am," like referring, mm -hmm. like almost letting everyone know that he is God Himself, mm -hmm. in which he told the Pharisees that they're children of the devil, mm -hmm. and their response was not always. They weren't very happy with him. Yeah, and they sought to kill him. Absolutely. And, and yeah, so I kind of, I'm trying to. I and, guess. And when you are God. You can do that. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> okay. But what did Jesus say to us? Do unto others, you'd have others do unto you, right? Mm -hmm. um, if if uh, love your enemies, pray for your enemies, bless your enemies. Um, that's, that's our starting point. Now, that doesn't mean we never have hard conversations, mm -hmm. um, but we want to get, we want to start at the end with a reconciling spirit. And we're going to come back to that in a second, but I want, let's just, let's keep going. So that felt, I was, did you sense judgment in my voice when I was, when I started that conversation with you? I think, I think so. Yeah. yeah at least that's what I picked up on. Yeah. Okay. If, if the, per, if a person feels judged, um, they are not going to be receptive mm -hmm. to you. Um, in fact, they're, um, another thing Jesus said, if you, if you, he says, judge not lest you be, you know, lest mm -hmm. you be judged, right? Um, because the same, he says, the same measure that you uh, use with others is going to be used with you. And it's, and I'll tell you, as a parent, <laughs> that happens all the time. You know, I, if I say to my kids, well, go clean up your room and that, you know, you, your room's a mess. I, I'm likely to hear, yeah, well, your office is a mess, right? I'm coming at them mm -hmm. with judgment and they can certainly find something in my life that is um, equally out of sorts, right? And so the idea of, of starting with a reconciling, uh, with, as, a, as a reconciler, as a minister of reconciliation, um, means that you're not looking to be um, proved right, but you're looking to restore the relationship, whether whether it's your relationship with this person and their relationship with you, or their relationship with God, but you come at it not uh, seeking to you know chop them off at the knees, but to help figure out, um, hey, how do we how do we deal with this in a way that gets you 
back where you wanted to be going. I, uh, a, a friend of mine uh, used to call this triangulation. It's like if, if uh, there's a problem out, you know, if, if there's a problem, let's put the problem here. Okay, you and I, you're, you're not receiving correction. You are making defenses like you were saying, okay? And then I say, dude, this is, you've got this problem. And you're going to push back and say, no, it's not my problem, it's your problem, mm-hmm. right? No, 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 you're the one who's doing the, yeah, but you're just judging me. You know, we get into that kind of a conversation. Yeah. Well, what if we can put this out there and, and say, wow, Mark, um, just feels like our, con- our relationship's not working really well. It feels like um, we're in this place of, you know, I'm feeling frustrated with you, but it seems like you're really frustrated with me. Hmm. Uh, you know, what do you think? What do you think is happening? Hmm. Now, it's not you and I arguing back and forth. It's, and this is the tri- why my friend calls it triangulation. It's you and me attacking a problem. Mm-hmm. We put the problem out there. Now the problem becomes the issue instead of us. And, and that can be really helpful in, in a conflict. You know, and that's whether you're uh, talking about a Christian friend or the uh, server at the restaurant that you feel is you know, not treating you right or a, a teacher or a student. You, know, you, can, you can use that in all kinds of situations because what you're doing is you're diffusing the conflict mm-hmm. instead of exacerbating it. Does that? Yeah, that makes sense. Like using a lot of our language and making it rather than just like it seems like what you're saying is that instead of pinning it on this person as this is your problem to deal with, mm-hmm. which leads to that like polarizing mm. argument. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Yeah, and so like by using our language you're you're showing that you're trying to be there with them to help them work through it or through, let's say, the problem that you have between you two mm-hmm. rather than dumping blame. It's kind of a sense of withness and that you're trying to aid them along to better your relationship and it's coming from a place of care. Yeah, and I like your, your our language because it's also owning that you may have part of it, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, sometimes we... I mean, clearly, if, if, if the guy's out robbing banks, uh, that, that's a different kind of question, mm-hmm. issue, right? Uh, but, but if it's a, a communication or a relational kind of conflict, um, you know, there's probably some stuff on, on our side that, that we need to own, too. Yeah. And, and that's where putting it out there makes it um, a lot easier to, to deal with because it's not you it's it mm-hmm. right so that's that can be really helpful but let's say there's a, a real conflict um not well i mean this is real too but let's say there's a real issue that they have um you know where where it's definitely on them uh somebody's uh being verbally abusive to their spouse or child or something you know that's i mean that's real right and that's that's not just that's not between you that's them um that's where that reconciliation that minister of reconciliation role is really important jesus did talk about that um in matthew 18 
he, he said, if, you know, if your brother sins against you, uh, go and talk to him alone. And if he listens to you, you've won your brother. Now, implicit in that statement is um, you go to pursue reconciliation. You don't go to, to judge. You don't, you know, exclusively. Obviously, you're, you're, you're judging the action, mm-hmm. but you're, you're not going to them to highlight that. You're, you're saying, you know, this is, this is not helpful for you. It's, it's not helpful for your relationships. Um, and it's, you know, it's having a, you know, if you say it's abusive talk to a child, it, it's having a damaging impact on your child. Mm-hmm. And they might recognize that. And they, you know, and then you can say, well, okay, so where's this coming from? Well, you know, I was abused as a kid. This is the way my parents treated me. And I, I you know, now I realize I'm doing it to them. Okay, you can talk about that. You can, you can pursue um, a course of, of healing for, for that area of their life, right? Um, or something else that, you know, maybe they're on the verge of losing their job and they're, you know, they're just not handling it well and they're exploding at, at the, their loved ones. You, you can deal with that. You know, there's, there's all kinds of options. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my experience, um, and in uh, this this dynamic, um, I will say, I, I can say pretty confidently that 85 to 90% of the time, when we go to the person in that spirit, that I, hey, there's, I see, I see something that's broken and it, it's not helping you. Let's, you know, what can we do to get that fixed? Um, I, I can say 85 to 90% of the time that will lead to a really significant positive outcome. Um, not always. And, and Jesus has suggestions. It says, it says, you know, if he does not listen to you, um, take a couple of other people with you who are aware of this and go back and have the conversation again. And, and I have seen that what doesn't happen with the one-on-one very, 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 very often happens with that group conversation. Because it's like, if you come to me and light me up, for, well, that's okay. You come to me with the right spirit and try to help me mm-hmm. deal with something that's messed up in my life. I can ignore you. But, you know, you come back with Nick, you come back with Chase, you come back with a, a couple of other people it's a lot harder for me to ignore that. Yeah. And, and I will say that that leads to solutions um, in most of the other cases. Jesus says, if that doesn't work, go back again, but this time bring leadership from the church. And, and uh, you know, so over, I mean, over 40 years of ministry, um, I have seen that when we do those things, um, the outcome is overwhelmingly um, resolved in a, in a positive way. So it's, you know, go one-on-one, pursuing reconciliation, go back with friends. Don't go back with people that don't like this person, okay? You have to go back with, 
with friends. Um, because they have, if you're going to have that kind of a conversation, um, it has to be people that they know love them. Yeah. Um, and if that doesn't work, you know, you go back with leadership, it, that usually will tip the balances. Um, I don't know, how's, how does that? Yeah, it brings up another question for me because I find okay. what I've been finding lately is that if I'm thinking about what someone's been doing or what I've been observing, so we're talking specifically about a behavior we're observing in someone else that they're doing to other people, not mm -hmm. necessarily us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes what I find is that I'm picking up on that behavior specifically because I struggle with myself. Oh, sure. So before that, I th before I think about going to confront this person about this particular thing they're doing, I now have a new revelation that I struggle with that too. And so how does how would realizing that change the dynamic of the conversation you're about to have? Well, you know, you just quoted Jesus. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, because in, in, in Matthew 5, where that same place where he says, judge not lest you be judged, mm -hmm. he says, um, to put it in his terms, in, in the vernacular, dude, you've got a log in your eye and you're trying to take a speck of dust out of the other person's eye. Mm -hmm. take, take the log out of your eye, then you'll see clearly to be able to take the dust out of the other person's eye, which is what you just said. Um, you, you need to work on yourself first. And I think what Jesus is trying to say there is, if you work on yourself first, you're going to have better understanding of what's going on with the other person. You're also going to have a much more humble attitude. Um, you, you know, when, when we recognize our own weaknesses or, or failures um, or places in the past where we've had failures, it, it, we just come at it. Um, with a lot less arrogance than if we just think, you know, I'm all that, and yeah. you know, I've got truth for you. So that's. Th does that help? Yeah, yeah that, that helps frame it. The only the only thing I'm kind of thinking about after that is what if. I guess it's kind of a separate question, but how do you, I mean? I found that at least in my life, like someone would have approached me in a harsh, not in a harsher way, but kind of saying, "Hey, if you continue down this path." you're going to end up in a lot of trouble for yourself and you're going to hurt someone. Mm -hmm. How would you deliver kind of bigger news like that? Like you have to mm -hmm. stop or else you're heading towards mm -hmm. death or you have to stop or else you're heading towards something you don't want to go near and kind of that loving like warning. Yeah. I, I It still needs to, well, you use the magic word, loving warning. Loving warning, yeah. Um, we all have people in our lives that are making those kinds of decisions. And um, the, usually, let's, let's take, uh, I, I have a friend who who's, uh, had a parent who was an addict and kept saying that same message to their parent. And it was not being received. Um, it was being denied. I, I don't have a problem. I don't, you know. Um, and... This friend of mine never, never gave up, you know, and then just finally said, you know, you're my parent, I love you, however, your addiction is creating risk for the fa for family, and we will have to step back from our relationship with you to protect family members. Hmm. 
if, and, but they did that. Several family members went together and nothing had worked up to that point. But with the circle of family around them saying, you're becoming a danger to the rest of the family, that led that person to um, seek healing. And, um, you know, by God's grace, they're thriving now. And so, um, it, 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 you know, sometimes we do have to have that hard conversation, but yeah, I loved your phrase, loving conversation. If, when love goes out, you know, if we're trying to do things judgmentally, it's always going to be a train wreck. Yeah. That's, that, maybe that's kind of the bottom line. When, when we really have the best in our heart for the other person, um, more than likely it's going to eventually end well. And it may not end well at first. You know, they can, um, they, they may not accept the, the counsel at first, but the persistence, when they hit that wall um, and they realize, okay, what I've been doing isn't working, um, then they'll, know, they'll be able to say, Mark, Mark has been telling me this for a long time. Maybe I need to have that conversation again. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that's where patience comes in. Uh, does that, is that helpful? Yeah, yeah, that helps. I liked how you, you talked about your friend who, you know, whose, whose, whose parent had this addiction and then they said, we might have to create space with you in order for this to like, get resolved and protect ourselves. Is that mm-hmm. something that's, like let's say where you try to approach someone and the original confrontation, if you want to call it, doesn't go well and the behavior continues. Is there ever a time to pull away for the sake of protecting oneself? Yeah, yeah. And, and actually that's the fourth step. Jesus says, you know, if you, you go to your brother alone and if he listens, you've won your brother. If not, you go back two or three so that every word can be affirmed in the, in, in the mouths of two or three witnesses. So, and if not, take it to the church, go to leadership. And if not, create space and give them, give them time, you know, to reflect. So yeah, that, that can happen. And, uh, but again, you do it out of love for the person. It's not to punish, it's, it's to um, give them a chance to, to respond, right? So I, you know, and I think that that's probably the hardest thing for us when, when somebody is hurting themselves or hurting us or hurting others. Um, we just kind of want to go in there like, you know, uh, crime stoppers, you know, we're gonna, ah, we're gonna put an end to this thing. But uh, it just, it just doesn't work. It works, it works in the movies, you know, does not work in real life. Um, Love, loving, persistent, reconciling spirits will get much more done than, than the guys with karate and, you know, submachine guns. It's just, <laughs> just the way it works in real life. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, well, we should probably tie it up, but man, Mark, this was, this was good stuff. Thank you. Thank you for um, bringing that question today. Um, and, you know, if you want to pursue that question further if there's someone in your life that um, uh, you're trying to figure out how to deal with 
you can always uh, contact us at our uh, email address, the information, uh, the info at um, northcountyproject.org. Uh, we'd be happy to answer that. And if you have any questions that you would like to talk with us, I say us because Nick's here in spirit. You just can't see him. Um, we would love to have you join us here at the table. So thank you and God bless. <laughs>